Right, welcome to the very first Out of Towns podcast, a football chat by fans for fans who don't necessarily live next door to their football stadium. I'm Steve. I'm Sam. And we're going to strive to be as unbiased as humanly possible, but uh, forewarning, we'll probably fail in that we'll objective. We'll definitely fail. Definitely fail. Um, we're going to get straight back it, straight into it, really. So we'll begin by talking about the goings-on in the footballing world this past week. And I thought we could start with Cesc Fabregas. Sounds good to me. Um, midweek, he finished the game at Chelsea by um, by walking around the stadium, clawing all four sides. Crying pride. Um, yeah, tears in his eyes, which suggests that we're about to lose him from the Premier League. And Sky Sources stated on Friday that this weekend was going to be his final appearance of Chelsea. So what do we think? How is he going to be remembered as a Premier League player? Well, one of the greatest probably midfielders that we've seen in the modern well, Premier League years, I would say. He had a massive part to play in Chelsea's resurgence under Jose, didn't he? When he came back. When he came back, yeah, mm. definitely. I think... When he first started at Arsenal, he had a he had a, a long way to go to kind of fill that void that had been left mm. by his predecessors. Definitely, the likes of Perez, Longberg, Vieira. Yeah, I think Vieira would be the biggest. He wasn't a Vieira type player, though, was he? He, he wasn't have that bite. He wasn't intimidating in any way, was he? He was no. more. He was more that Spanish flair. He liked a bit of. He liked to get a bit leery, though, didn't he? Do you remember those pictures coming out when he went to Chelsea of him squaring up with John Terry? They hated each other initially. I remember reading. I mean, I'd be on Seth's side there. Really. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, he's such a very cultured player. I mean, you don't play uh, for the likes of Arsenal, Barcelona, and Chelsea if you're not an absolutely world class player. Absolutely not. And I think no way. Barcelona's capture of him was was a big. It was a big. I mean, you could say it was a big coup because Arsenal lost. I mean, he was their captain at the time. He was. Uh, and it was the start of that kind of downward spiral under Arsenal, where they lost Fabregas one summer and then they lost Van Persie the next. So obviously Arsenal fans were up in arms. But you could also argue that it was Barca admitting fault because they lost. They had him initially, didn't they? He was at yeah. the Masia and Arsenal poked him from underneath. And you could argue that he wouldn't have developed into the player that he became had he stayed at Barca because he got that fight. He got that. He got that kind of physicality under his game, didn't he? Yeah, I think that's what the Premier League gives you, doesn't it? As a oh, player, yeah. Especially coming from a different country. Um, you do have to adapt to that game. I mean, looking at his stats, they're absolutely incredible. I mean, we were talking earlier, um, the quickest player in Premier League history to reach 100 assists. Yeah, um, That's absolutely insane. I mean, he's second to Giggs on 162, but to get there quicker than someone like Giggs, and he's out in front of Rooney, I think he's got, I think Rooney's got 103. So that's eight ahead of Wayne Rooney. Rooney's yeah. not coming back anytime soon. I mean, he's not getting caught, is he, Fabregas? No, there? absolutely not. Um, and for someone who did come from Barcelona, who at the time was seen as he was seen as a little weak, uh, hadn't filled out at the time, and he got double digits, uh, not from his first season at Arsenal, but from then on, it was double digits and assists pretty much every year. For yeah, him. I think I saw the stat that he's the first player to do it in something like six absolutely seasons. Absolutely incredible. And yet, I think I don't think there's been as much fanfare. I think he'd be a little bit more fondly remembered by the likes of Arsenal fans had he not gone to Chelsea. I think that's kind of soured him a little bit for Arsenal fans yeah, in particular. Yeah, I, think, I think if he just stayed at Barcelona, I think Arsenal fans would be kind of eulogizing, like properly eulogizing over him, prophesizing over him, saying, "Right, he's the best player." Would he have stayed? Could he? Could he get? Could he have got into that side? The Barca side. With the likes of... Oh, no, know, not at all. I mean, he was. I mean, he was 
he was getting into that side fairly regularly with Iniesta and Xavi and he was yeah. seen by the Barca fans as the heir apparent to Xavi it just never really worked out did it he was never I mean you say he was never in Xavi's league Poor but man. how many people are That's I mean true, he's yeah. a one in like Fabregas is a quality player well, it's his own one right. of those situations where he gets into a team or an era where there's just a world class player or two oh, yeah. ahead of him and he just can't he find just himself I mean it happens doesn't it yeah. um, it happens all over football where I mean look at Coutinho now at Barcelona like he's he's having a rough time of it because there are just quality players in front of him and, and those fans step up, aren't patient they don't they don't give you an inch and, no, and nor no. should they no point. no um, but I think I think he should be I mean obviously I'm, I say we try and be unbiased as a Liverpool fan I'm not particularly enamoured with Cesc Fabregas but oh, that's that's basically because of how good he's been for rivals of my football club well, so it's that effect isn't it if someone's been if someone's been world class or you know better than something you've produced oh exactly, uh, exactly. you have that slight hatred of them I think well him and Costa basically won Chelsea the league yeah. that summer when yeah. Jose went out and said right I need Fabregas I need Costa mm. brings them in and they win that league they win the league that year but we look at you know the, if you look at his stats I mean 212 games for Arsenal in which he scored 35 yeah then went off to Barca and, and then came back and played 138 games for Chelsea, score 15. So he wasn't, you wouldn't say his, his game was, was bagging from the midfield. No, he wasn't box to box, he was the kind of pivot. Yeah, he yeah. Was the kind of, and that's what they've used him as this year, isn't mm-hmm. it? Even Sarri, they've used him as the pivot to spray the ball around. Yeah, and I, I think that's been, you know, those assists have come from that. He's obviously can see the game in front of him and he's... Mm. He's allowing the game to. He to has. Play. I do feel though that his game has kind of drifted backwards. Not as in I don't mean progress, but where his position is. Because you look at the year they won the league with him and Costa in. He was dinking balls on the edge of the box. All the players in in between players. And now under Sari, under Conte to to a lesser degree, but still, he was on the halfway line and he was picking yeah. the pass. But didn't, that, like in, didn't in I Alonso. see earlier on? Was it earlier on this season? Can't I think I saw a clip of a, a hell of an assist through the middle of the box into oh yeah, yeah. oh was that no actually it was a few years ago I think it was for Schurler yeah he apt, yeah. Uh, uh, just a, an well, that's what I mean, like, this year he's like I said he dropped into that kind of Zabi Alonso role you know just staying in the halfway yeah. line and just kind of like that's, you said seeing the game in front of him that's probably the age isn't it 31 yeah, yeah. I mean he's, he's, he's looking to to maybe slow down a little bit and if and he goes why. to Monaco in the French League exactly I mean they've only got one big game a year really haven't they yeah, they they, have, yeah. you know if you're going to mm. argue that yeah exactly so I think I think he should be remembered Fondly, really, by all yeah, Premier League yeah. fans, I think he should be seen as a legend of the Premier League. Definitely, he should be in the he should be in the um, in the discussion for when people say their top ele- their first eleven of the Premier League era. Fabrias, I'm not saying he walks into that side because there've been quality footballers, but he should at least be in that discussion for one of those two central midfield midfield slots for the best eleven of the Premier League era. Oh yeah, he's, he's at that moment he's, he's going to be. In there, definitely. Yeah. Right, so I think we'll move on. I think having spoken about Sesk and him winning the league, we'll kind of segue into this year's uh, title race uh, and really more specifically the game that happened last week um, on Thursday. Uh, between well, what happened on Thursday? Well, uh, not sure if you knew, but... Uh, Man City. Oh no, it's not been mentioned. <laughs> not been I've mentioned tried, once. I've tried to stay away from it a little bit, to be honest. But um, Man Have City, you? yes. <laughs> Man City ended Liverpool's unbeaten run on 21 games 21, 20, yeah. 21 games Liverpool's unbeaten run came at 
Um, and obviously I say we try and be unbiased, but I'll speak from a Liverpool fan's point of view very, very briefly. Um, I was gutted inside the stadium, um, but hearing the relief and the cheers at the end of, this, at the, end of the game from the City fans, I've, I've been to the Etihad um, countless of times as an away fan, and I've never heard them that happy, that joyous. Maybe because there's not a game usually. Yeah, there. there's not usually. No, they filled it out, bottom two tiers at the very least. Misleading for the cameras though. I watched it. it was, home yeah, and, uh, yeah. It looked full to the rafters, but no, they were. They were like I said to you, um, off mic. There were a few empty seats still um, around the middle tier. A couple of dotted around on the bottom opposite the camera. Hmm. Um, and they still think they can fill out a stadium, but that's not what we're talking that's about. That's not now. what we're talking about. Talking about the game. Um, I was disappointed with the performance coming out of the ground, um, but having seen it back and spoken to the people, I, I, feel, I feel I may have been a little harsh. Uh, it seems to have been a game between two teams who were very well matched. Decided, Top of the game, I'd say. I mean, yeah. you know, you looked at Liverpool and, and City stopped in pretty instantly. As soon as you got out, they stopped your free-flowing game. Mm, I think right. I think as soon as Liverpool got out there and started on the ball and Chelsea got uh, Chelsea, City got in the faces, yeah. I think... I, I said to you didn't I said they had a nervy 10 minutes it seemed like at start and then it started to kind of mm. calm down but I think City came out well drilled from Pep I think they had a point to prove I think because of the last few games between the teams take out the 5-0 because obviously that was the Mane sending off Yeah, uh, 11 versus 10 I think if either side has a sending off it skews the game massively but since that we've outplayed them in every game we've yeah, played even in just, the Etihad in the Champions League yeah just to go back I thought the referee did had, had a really good game to a point in that he let it flow. I think I can think of a mm. few occasions where um, I thought oh, that could have been, you know, brought back for a foul, but he continued to let the game flow. I thought in part, I thought which he, was I did. I agree with that letting the game flow, um, but I still think the appointment of the referee was wrong, and not just because I disagree with the company times. I, I I think that's I think it's a red card. I think most on goal, even with the contact that it does. Um, anywhere else if that's in the other half if that's uh, at the start of the counter I think that's a free kick um, and you can tell um, by Klopp's reaction I think, so I think that was wrong reaction. yeah I, I think, think company said he himself he was surprised that he was still on the pitch but it's it's one of those I think he, he said it was a good challenge he said he said it was a good challenge I saw I, I, I think he, I, I saw I, I might have picked up I can't remember whether I think he he, he, he voiced that he, you know he, yeah he, but I think had he made more contact mm. But but I, I think I, I as soon think, as he makes any contact, it's a red yeah, shot. Yeah, I don't think the referee, from what I saw, was... He didn't have a great position. It wasn't because he was 20 yards away. The ping-ponged mm. back and forth, and I think he'd just been... But then that's where your linesman yeah. come in. But um, the thing is, like you say, a red card in that game, it does completely, it completely skew it. And, it. and I thought... I thought it was a 2-2 game, mm. but if not for... Stones, you can call it luckiness, or just oh, it was world class defending. defending. It was world class defending. Um, you can It was lucky, but I mean, you, I don't think it's one or the other. I think the two can kind of go together. It was lucky that it didn't bounce off Salah and go back in. Yeah, but it's world class defending that he got back to clear it off the line. Absolutely, um, and it, it, it brings it brings the season. Uh, it continues the season of interest, doesn't it? it really? It's you know? more interesting for a neutral. From my point of view, I was obviously gutted because I'd rather it not be interesting for a neutral. Um, but I am extremely positive about the next few months because I believe that City changed the way they play because of us. City haven't done that in the whole time under Pep. They've stayed playing this tiki-taka possession football yeah, and, they, and they turned to a completely... They, they were pressing high up the pitch. Yeah. They were 
you look at the number of sprints between the two teams. City haven't sprinted that hard all season and last season as well. Um, That's true. I think they knew if they lost this game, it was almost... I said to you last week, then I, I mm. thought if we got a 10-point gap, I could see us winning it by maybe March. But now it's four. It's it's a lot more tetchy. Um, it's true. And I think we were talking or just off, off mic earlier on. We said about how you've, you've, it was 21 games unbeaten. Mm. Um, City in 2017-18 were 22 games unbeaten. Yeah. And then they went on to... They went on to win the league. league and yeah. then... United in 10-11, they were 24 games unbeaten, won the league. Yeah. And Arsenal, obviously, obviously in that 3-4 season, they won 38 games. Mm. Um, they went, sorry, not won, they went 38 yeah, games unbeaten, um, won the league. So, I mean, if you're going to talk Ormond, um it's out there for Liverpool, isn't it? It is, but then you look at the uh, the other statistic where eight of the last 10 teams who were top of the league at Christmas have gone on to win the league, and the only two occasions that's not happened I don't like this. are Liverpool. Oh well, it was Liverpool, yeah. yeah both times yeah. Newcastle weren't top of the league. No, they weren't, were they? No, no. I, I thought you were going to say no. points then, and then mention twelve. No, we and... were, no, we were, we were the only side to do it twice. Obviously, not yeah. once, twice, be top of Christmas, but not go on to another. The league. thing is, you look at the way you're playing, and 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 you and City are out, out, out in front by quite a distance in terms of of the positive football you're playing at the minute I think I can't remember too many occasions of watching Liverpool in particular or City actually until this this game at midweek where you haven't gone out there to to bag five goals there's not I, I don't think I Pepper, don't Pepper's think... built you up into a I think, I think trusts... Pep worries I think I mean if you look at that City documentary that they did last year Pep actually says that Firmino Salah Mane is scary he, yeah. he says that I mean I mean, it's hard not to admit that because they are one on form. But coming back to you saying um, both sides, obviously, they go out to score goals, they go out to entertain. I don't think we're as cavalier as we were last year. Um, and I don't think the front three clicked, I'd say, until just after the Napoli game. I think the Napoli game, we should have scored. I mean, Manny himself should have scored about eight in that Napoli game. We shouldn't have been as close as it was. He's had a tough season. He has, yeah. I think, he, like you said, um, I think it was... After the game, after the City Liverpool game, he said Mane looked leggy, and he definitely does at the moment. Um, I think early on in the season, because obviously he bagged a couple at the start of the season. Yeah. I think if that game happens at the start of the season, that uh, the the chance that ends up with Stones going off the line, rather than Mane hitting the post, he bags that. Yeah, it's he true. puts it to he put, yeah. for me. He puts it to the other side of Edison. He doesn't yeah. go across. He puts it, if you look at a couple of goals he scored early on, he puts it to, down into the bottom corner. Well, we um, mentioned most almost simultaneously after the game about how. Klopp's change of tactics when Shakira came on from a mm. 4-3-3 to the 4-2-3-1. Instantly, Shakira, whether it's Shakira himself or the change or the in tactics, it then started to open those gaps and Mane could then do a bit of running. And, just, that was, and that was a big thing that we spoke about after the game in the family, um, about why Klopp went back to this 4-3-3. I mean, I know he served as well last year, um, but we've looked stunted with it this year, especially it depends on the three in midfield that he uses. And the problem at the moment, in my eyes, is that Milner, Henderson, and Genie, all like solid midfielders mm. in their own right. Milner's obviously had a really good season so far. Hendo has his distractors. That's, that's for a different time. Genie, in my eyes, is one of the most underrated midfielders uh, in the league. However, there's a sheer lack of creativity there. Yeah. And if the front three aren't getting a great, I mean, the chance that uh, it was going off the line that was basically created by the front three. It wasn't by the midfield. No. They created themselves. Um, I agree that the introduction of Shakiri um, changed things, 
but it's the four two three one, and we said at the start of the game when the when the team was read out, we'd have preferred the four two three one because it was like like I said, Pep um, prepared his team for us. They changed their tactics for us, but Klopp did exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. We've been smashing teams over the last month or so with four two three one, and obviously Klopp was worried about leaving space in behind with Shakiri coming in there. And I think as soon as you overthink it, there's a problem there that it could go wrong and it did I don't people and, and I know people say oh, it was a really close game fine margins but being there in the stadium especially the first half well, a chunk of the first half and definitely the first 10 minutes of the second half it just felt I mean you look at that midfield the two silvers David and Bernardo and Fernandinho they dominated that game they ran through midfield yeah. and, and Genie did his best to stem it and it only it only came it only came to a halt to a degree when Fabinho came on when Fabinho sat yeah. And he and he does what Henderson does, but more. He, he, yeah. He's smarter. He's more creative, and he's becoming he's becoming so influential to our play. And he was the one player that I said. I mean, my brother said Naby should have start, started, but I don't think Naby's shown enough just yet. I said to my brother at the start of the game when the team was announced that I thought Fabinho had to start because he's been brilliant for us, and I think he would have done that Fernandinho role for us better than Hendo was supposed to. Yeah, you, you definitely need that anchor, don't you, in there, just to just to calm play it down. I think Genie's done it quite quite Genie's well. Brilliant. Genie um, doesn't lose the ball ever. Like he never loses the ball. Like I said to you the other day, I've never known a player who uses his backside as effectively. And I think yeah. my dad said Kenny Dalglish did it really well back in the day. But Genie, as soon as he gets the ball, if he gets his body between you and the ball, you are not getting that ball off him ever. No. And I think that means that he has to start and then. You change Henderson and Milner around, especially when you've got the likes of Naby, you've got Fabinho, you've got Ox coming back in. So we've got a wealth of options, of creative options as well, when Shakiri can drop in there Definitely. as well. And to see that midfield, again, in our biggest game... Is it negative? Is it I think it was negative. I think it was. Um, I, I wouldn't criticise Klopp because he's built this squad. This is his oh, squad yeah. now. Um, you look at the squad that he took over from Brendan, it was one that lost 6-1 to Stoke. And he's mm. built this squad up. Um, and I wouldn't criticise him. I just think he got it wrong, and I, and I think you can say that managers get him wrong without kind of lambasting them, saying, "Well, yeah. no. I saw Liverpool fans saying, well, we'll never win trophies in the club because we've been to three finals." Like, I mean, those games are discussions in their own right. The yeah, game, I, I, the, I do. Game, I the Madrid game about Klopp being, you know, a, a bottler because he's been to all these finals and never won and mm. stuff. But for me, I mean, he was at Bristol for quite a long time and mm. has come to Liverpool. I mean, he's not been at Liverpool. How many seasons has he been now? Is this his four? Yeah, I think so. Four, Three, four yeah. yeah. So, well, it was it was almost a full season. His first season because he came in in October. Yeah. So even though it wasn't technically a full season, it was still. I yeah. mean, you you look at manager, you hear and you talk about, and in the past, like managers have talked about like a three-year project or whatever. You know, he's he's barely out of that time frame. And look at the mm. squad he's built. I mean, this is a special squad. I it just is. think you are missing a, a creative player. Like You're missing. Senior. Yeah, could I? <laughs> Yeah, I think I've seen some Liverpool fans talking but I don't, on I, both sides of that. I, you see, I, I land on the side where I don't want him back. Um, you look at the games uh, to stats ratio, I know, like, you know, assists, chances created, goals, and you look at Shaqiri's now, and Shaqiri's doing the job that Coutinho was was doing for us. Is Shaqiri a better player? I think on form, yes. Or is Shaqiri a better fit for Liverpool? Which, I think which... Both. I think he's a better player at the moment, Yeah, because... I mean, he's been played. He's been played exactly. I think he's a better fit for how we play because when Coutinho was part, because obviously we had Coutinho with the front three as well, you're kind of shoehorning them all in. 
to get all four in, whereas yeah. now we've got a system that fits all four in and it has the two sitting midfielders, whether it be Hendo, Fabinho, yeah. Genie, whoever, and it fits them. Um, I do think, I, I wouldn't say we need to go out and buy a creative midfielder because if you look at the Ox as well, the Ox assisted quite a few times towards the end of last season before his big injury. I've always liked the Ox. He basically breaks from the halfway line, breaks the line, and just feeds one of the front three. He did it to Mo. I remember he did it against Newcastle. Was it Newcastle? Yeah, up the other end. It was Newcastle. And Pick it was a different one. example. <laughs> we did it against Newcastle at the Annie World End, I remember. And he did it against uh, in a game against... I know we ended up drawing 2-2 against West Brom, but he did it against West Brom as well. Um, so can I ask you, so we talked about the creative field and things, but going mm-hmm. back to City side of things... Mm-hmm. We tried to look at the stats, didn't we? We to see if there's anything major in there, but there really wasn't. I mean, no. shots are very similar and, and, and everything. Creative, I think we yeah. talked about how I wrote down a stat about Ariel's one. You know, City sixty-seven percent to Liverpool thirty. It doesn't really say much. But no. Liverpool are not. You you wouldn't say. I mean, actually, in the last five or six minutes, it did frustrate me a little bit in that Liverpool decided to play a game of kicking up Oof. in the air yeah. and see what happens. And I just no. thought that that was a pressure probably. But for City. It's the one player that makes a difference to yeah. them. I mean, we. I'm thinking. I think it, loads of it has been made since the game, hasn't it? And before the yeah, game yeah. as well, actually, in the lead up to the game, because of the the games that City lost against um, against Leicester and Palace, it's got to be Fernandinho. I mean, yeah. I spoke to you know our mate Danny, uh, absolutely loves the loves the lads a bit, and he even he understands that they're a completely different team. They have no other player in midfield that can do the job that Fernandinho does. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, it's insane. It, the thing is, for me. Fernandinho is is one of those players who I I look at and think he's an absolute arsehole. Yeah. But ask him what I ask me if I wanted him in the oh, yeah, team. Absolutely, he has this knack of if play if if players free flowing in front of him from the opposition, he'll just make a foul. He'll just he'll just foul them there and ever. Oh, yeah. And he, he it's sort of like and I'm, I hate to you to use this example, but it's it's like Fellaini does for United or oh, yeah. Fellaini did hopefully under the under the Mourinho United regime, yeah. um, in that he. If the game isn't going for City, he he can just disrupt, yeah, yeah. and he can so City can get you know can claw back and and you know looking at Liverpool, you've not really got. You, you, I think that's Fabinho. I think that's what Fabinho's been bought for. He's the first central defensive midfielder that we've had who's local to that position who who will not move from that position since the likes of Mascherano. Yeah, we've not had one who is. An expert in that position since Mash, but Fabinho could be that. Fabinho I should mean, be that. I mean, if we're talking foreign players, you know, there's always that bedding in period. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's talks. what he's done. That's what he's done with him. Yeah, it, I mean, he spent the whole two or three months of the first season basically on the sidelines. Um, true, but with Fernandinho, um, I mean, we're speaking as well. When City have got him, their overall win percentage is seventy four percent, and when they're without him, it's sixty four percent, which is so, insane. I mean, ten percent. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a big drop. Um, and the issue for me is his age. He's, he's 32, 33. 32, yeah, something like that. Um, and they have not got... To, for all their money and all their wages, they have not got another player who can do that job. Now, in most games, they'll be able to get by without him because they don't need him. But in the top game, I, like against... Exactly. If, they, if they didn't have... I, I have no doubt. I mean, obviously, I've not got a crystal ball there. But I have no doubt in my mind, obviously, in my biased mind, that if Fernandinho isn't in that midfield, yeah. we win that game. No, it's, it's true. He's, he's yeah. that important to City um, because he just, he, as, I, as I said earlier, he just stops the opposition playing, and they're going to have to find someone who does that because he will not last forever. And until if, they find someone who can do that, are they going to do it in Europe? 
that one, my, my argument is if Liverpool do do it this year and God forbid us if, if it happens <laughs> it, it will never be let go but if Liverpool do do it finally this year City are going to have to come back and they're going to have to make a point who's your defensive midfielder then the, the one person in my mind is Casemiro from Real Madrid Casemiro, yeah. you know what I mean and, and uh, how much is he going to cost it's, there's no one I, else really out there you think about it we bought Fabinho I mean United were looking at Fabinho when City signed Fernandinho I mean I, they signed him for a good chunk but he was a relative unknown. Like they didn't yeah, know how no, he was going to settle in. Makaleli at Chelsea, obviously he was at Real Madrid first. Kante at Leicester. I mean, I'd be I'd be tempted if I was City to go for Kante. I mean, he can't mm. possibly be happy in the role that he's playing for Chelsea at the moment. No, it's true. It's, it, you've got to wait this for the rest of the season, maybe, just to see how that that continues. But I think you know, just to sort of come to the end of what we're saying, yeah. uh, my question would be if, if City are going out looking for players, and you know. This sort of is Fernandinho's last year, or maybe last couple of years. You know, did he go across town and get Fellaini? <laughs> Very good, I like that. I think that's a good point to to end on. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, moving quickly on from Marwan Fellaini, because I don't think a lot of time should be afforded to that man. I think we'll look at uh, transfers so far. We're obviously early on in the transfer window. Um, yeah, as we're recording 6th of January um, back to work on the 7th not particularly looking forward to that but never mind <laughs> yeah let's, let's move away from yeah, that yeah let's, <laughs> let, let's. Um, obviously a few uh, interesting transfers here there's I'd like one that I didn't see coming which one the the first one of the transfer window you'd argue the Pulisic yeah absolutely I mean I saw I saw him leaving Dortmund um, mm. it was always between us Arsenal and Chelsea Um I'm going to put my Liverpool hat on yet again here and, I, and say if Klopp wanted him, we'd have got him. I don't have any doubt about that at all. I, Klopp was the was the man who um, who had him at Dortmund. He, he knew him when he was in the youth team. Well, um, he was interested initially, early on, you were saying Liverpool. In, well, last, 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 year, last year we were interested in him as well. well. I mean, we, we, we spoke before we, we set up to record about his stats. Does Pulisic feel... The role that Salah, because he's 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 primarily yeah. right side. He has played he left is, side. Yeah. Does he fit? Does he fit in that Salah role? You know, if you move Salah, maybe, maybe. essentially as he likes to. Maybe does Pulisic do what Shakiri can do? Because once he starts somewhere, mm. you wouldn't say he's, he doesn't blow anyone out of the water. He don't, did he? I mean, if we're looking at this season, he's had eighteen appearances in all competitions, mm. and from that, it's three goals, four assists. It's yeah. it's not. It's not tearing, tearing trees up, is it? It's not, no, not when you um, look at James Sancho. I mean, I haven't got his stats here, but no. he, he, James Sancho is the one who's... He's the one keeping him out of the team, Yeah, so, you, you know, um, the previous year, 42 games, five goals, seven assists. Yeah. 16-17, uh, he had 43 appearances, five goals, 13 assists in that year. I mean, what, what's, what strikes me initially is that he's, what, 20 years old? In the last couple of years, he's playing forty odd games a season. I mean, that's that's incredible experience it for is. young lad. And you know, when you think he's he's been captain twenty times, uh, uh, he's been captain three, yeah. three times, and he's actually captained he's his captain, country. Yeah. Uh, November just gone, so obviously there's something there. There right? is, um, and obviously Klopp rates him. Uh, I just feel that if Klopp really wanted him, Liverpool would have got him. I, I think Pulisic would have wanted to work with Klopp again. We have the money. We know we've got the money, um, and I think Ch- and. It doesn't. It doesn't make me feel good to say it. Actually, yes, it does. I think Chelsea should be very worried about what this means for a certain number ten. See, well, I, true, but I see it a slightly different way. I know when I when I heard this news, I didn't think of that number ten. I didn't think of that side. I was thinking more William. 
Mm. William to me is, is a player who's, who's the been end, found out really in, in terms of I think he had a good first couple of seasons but as soon as players found out you know what he was about how he played I think he's been largely I think he seems to do it in big games like uh, last season he had a couple of standout performances I remember in the Champions League I remember Phil um, I'm a Chelsea fan seems to really like William United wanted him last year as well didn't they, didn't they? yeah um, that's true they probably missed out on him a little bit um but you don't know how those transfers would go. But they're after every winger in the planet. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about it. Um, he probably would come in as a replacement for William because you haven't. They've got Pedro, who we know Sari likes. Yeah. We know, um, but whether you play Pedro as a false nine, I think um, you play. I think you play both. I think you know Pulisic is a young lad, twenty years of age. Mm. I think for the big games, you probably want to start Pedro because yeah. of the, you know that cardness. I think, but I think overall, I think. I think it's a good signing. I think it's yeah. you know he's worth a shot in the Premier League and see how. how I he find does. it strange that Dortmund wanted him loaned back, considering he's barely getting in the team at the moment. I would have thought a clean break for all involved: Dortmund, Pulisic, and Chelsea. Chelsea getting a player in Dortmund, being able to blood Sancho in even further. As well, a first who, team, who, right? who made that? You know, for me, it could, could have been Chelsea who said, "Look, we've got Pedro, we've got William. One of them's going to be going at the end of the season. One of them's going at the end of the season. Mm. Do we need him right now? I think you know." Uh, is it going to rock the ball? I still think... I mean, it's a good point about uh, Willian. It really isn't... Uh, I genuinely haven't really uh, thought about it. But I, I still think Chelsea needs to be worried about Hazard because you think about it, last couple of years he's been angling for a move away. It's true. Last maybe maybe years, that could be another section that we talk about um, yeah, um, in the future because I think it's it's an intriguing it discussion is. on, on wh- why he's still at Chelsea at this how, point. How he's still at Chelsea. How he's still at Chelsea. Because you know. haven't really... Since Conte's league win... Obviously, at the end of this season, it'll be two years previous. Won't exactly, it? yeah. Um, they've won the FA Cup, didn't they? They beat United in the mm. final last year. So, you're keeping him ticking over with trophies, and you can't argue with trophies. Obviously, I'd like a few more. Um, <laughs> I'd say that about me, but he does not like that. <laughs> no, it does not. Unless uh, this Peter Kenyon thing comes up, but again, that's another. Again, topic, that's isn't another. It? Yeah, let's it let's is. move on to the next sort of um, big lot of transfers, and all yeah. three. Involve each another. The Clyde Slanky before. Yeah. Um, all all involve one team really, doesn't it? It does. It's it's, it's, it's Bournemouth. It seems to be Bournemouth. Uh, uh, having a bit of a shake up, really. They really um, are. I think no Nathaniel Clyde. I think I know when I heard that. Uh, you, you've heard um, Neil Warnock come out and say he's very unhappy with Liverpool and and Clyde because mm. they were promised to him and and it's not worked out. But for me as a Newcastle fan, very happy about that. I don't he's really rate gone. Nathaniel Clyde as you know. The greatest of right backs, but for me, you put that right back in a Cardiff team, he could gain Mix, a few extra points, yeah. and that's not good for us. But you know, you bought him for twelve and a half million yeah, back in two thousand and fifteen. I I think he was a good signing. Um, One hundred seventy one appearances. The lads in front of us, who uh, who sit in front of us at Anfield, um, Dave in particular, he doesn't particularly rate him um, as an offensive um, right back. However, I think defensively he's very sound, uh, and it had been a while. Um, since we've had full backs I mean we've obviously got better ones now but when we signed Klein it was it was a novelty to have, to have a full back who could defend it's true it really and I was. think I think Klein really has been has been a victim of of just Klopp style of play he wants wing backs who bomb attack man. the channels bomb forward and I don't think I mean we, we looked didn't we we, we saw um, his cross accuracy. His cross accuracy at nineteen percent. Yeah, it's it? yeah. it's not good reason. It's that. not good. It's, I mean, I, I would I haven't got it in front of me. It'd be interesting to see what Trent's and Robertson's are. But even his assists were quite well. I think we said was it was it nine nine assists in the whole in the whole time. Yeah. He, uh, so he's not a fullback who's going to create goals like Robertson does and Trent does. Um, 
I am surprised that they've let him go. Uh, from a Liverpool fan's point of view, I'm surprised we've let him go. Um, because and kept Moreno. Um, I'm not Moreno's biggest kind of detractor. I'll never kind of slag him off like a lot of our fans do. But if you're going to keep one fullback, because really, if you're left back, you're right back. You can play on either side. Yeah, yeah. you can. Um, you're a professional football. You can play on either side. Um, Unless you're a player, and oh yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Can't play attacking midfield. Can't play attack, obviously. Can't no. play defending midfield. No, no. Just no, you just can't. Five months here. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting off. We'll leave. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> so would you say that's a good signing for Bournemouth? I'd say it's a very good signing for Bournemouth. Um, so quite, let's go for the second player then, Solanke, who arrived at you for. We, we, we couldn't quite find the number could we three to no. six million we're probably well, thinking we wanted three uh, we wanted to pay three Chelsea wanted to pay ten and then it was like an out of court settlement out of tribunal settlement between the two clubs we think it's around about five or six million yeah um, from what was reported so um, 21 appearances for Liverpool but 16 of those off the bench yeah um, one goal against Brighton Brighton end of the, uh, it was the end of the season last year uh, when we needed to win to guarantee top four yeah, and he, he assisted one goal. and I think you were saying it was a pretty big was it a big assist at that time uh, or was it, it the was, goal it was, it was, it was, um, it was a it was a win away at Stoke so it was a it, I mean a place that we historically don't like to go um, and and he, he actually started that game as well one of his very few starts and he got an assist so it looked rosy um, the problem for him was whenever he was given chances again last season, um, he looked okay. He looked mm. promising without actually kind of taking that final step to yeah. scoring or assisting further. Um, I think this is the writing on the wall, isn't it? Because I think when Sturridge came back yeah. and stayed, that and then he's the had thing. a couple of these. He felt actually a Rigi is, yeah. is that, it was actually ahead of him. I think that was the problem. I think at one point last season, Dom was our backup striker to Absolutely, me because you know? yeah. Sturridge's injury because Origi had gone off out on loan. Dom was number two, mm-hmm. uh, and it looked good for him, but he never really took that final step. And like you said, Sturridge coming back to fitness this year, actually having a bit of an impact, scoring against PSG, scoring against Chelsea yeah. twice, Origi getting the winner in the derby. Um, the writing was on the wall. He wasn't going to get as much um, as much opportunity, game time and opportunity. Um, I'm disappointed. I'd like to think that there's a buyback clause somewhere in there because I do see a player in there. Um, but it is well, what it is, he, he and he needs with game time. One goal, he had, I believe, twenty-two shots in his mm. in his twenty-one games, lot, is it? and he, his shot accuracy was thirty-six percent. So he's still a player living his trade. But mm. I think nineteen million. We did say briefly about he's out f- until, until February, February. Isn't he? yeah. and he's now the third player that Bournemouth have signed from Liverpool. With I'd go for fifteen million in. Um, it was a couple of years ago. A couple of years it? ago. Yeah, and Smith. I just wrote down a 22, uh, two goals in 66, so he's not the eye that... No, he's not that, that, they, that they thought they were signing. Because uh, for us, he, he was supposed to be the next Ryan Sterling. That's what he yeah. wanted. That's what he's supposed to be. He was supposed to be that uh, that little player who could unlock defences with his pace and his vision. Because... Uh, but I think a lot of that was too much pressure on him when Sterling went to City. Yeah, that was a problem. You think, you know, you're talking that right side. You think 15 million for Jordan Ibe, you got Salah for 30 odd. I mean, mm. half of that money from Ibe, it's, it's an insane. I mean, even then, uh, if we play 4 3 3 or 4 2 3 1, Shakira for 12 million. Well, it's Shakira so true. for 12 million, yeah. Ibe for 15. It's, it's not money well spent. And then uh, moving on to the next one was Brad Smith for around for 4 or 5 million. Five appearances. Five appearances for Bournemouth. He's been sent off to Seattle Sounders, is it? It like, is, yeah. He was a decent under 23 player for us. But when the, I was away, I think I was in America when that news came through. And we were stunned that we got more than a few hundred grand for him. Yeah, yeah, because he was a reserve player. And it's just not money well spent. You'd hope that Dom gets the game time um, and kicks on. But 
like like we've said, it, it's going to be a, a suck it and see type thing, isn't mm. it? Let's talk about another striker mm. in that uh, it's an 18 month old for Defoe. He leaves the Premier League with 496 appearances, 162 goals, and 33 assists. I mean, wow. Like, wow. I mean, you think he played for Spurs, so he kind of played at the top level, obviously. Well, he played, he played for, he played for uh, you know, he played for West Ham, he played for Spurs, mm. Portsmouth, Sunderland, oh, well. <laughs> and Bournemouth. Um, you know, and he, I think he finished in the Premier League. And that's not to say, I think Defoe's one of those that could have 18 months in Scotland, mm. come back and still have another yeah, season. Maybe. You know, he, he, he's, he's so fit, like, he's physically, he he's, he's one in three goals. Fitness. Yeah, one uh, a goal in every three games. I mean, to be playing, to have that many appearances and have that record of a goal in every three games is incredible. And for some of the teams he's played for as well, like Spurs, he's going to get chances. Well, he's allowed his, his most perfect season um, out of his entire career has been Spurs. He got eighteen goals in all nine ten yeah. season, and I mean, I think when he played for Sunderland, <laughs> apart from one, he got fifteen goals I mean, each that, season he played. I mean, Sunderland, as you well know, aren't a particularly how can I? We're not a biased podcast. Here. <laughs> I can't. I can't talk. They're not going to create a lot of chances, especially no, while exactly. Defoe played for them. And well, he's scoring that many goals. You it's say incredible. this. He's another stat for England. He played fifty-seven times, twenty goals, and you, you'd think the period that he played in probably a similar situation yeah. where there wasn't not a lot the, of creativity. The, you know, the most creative players I mean, behind him. He'll be seen. I mean, like you said, you don't know if he's going to come back or not after being there. But it, if you doubt it, you doubt it. This point, you point. never know. He will be seen as one of the great Premier League strikers. Without Having doubt. never played for the likes of United, Arsenal, Chelsea, City, Liverpool. Still one of the best English strikers exactly, in the league. Exactly. In the Premier league. Um, yeah, you can't argue with that. But moving on to where he's going, I think it's a fantastic move for Rangers. Uh, it absolutely I, is. Again, I'm biased. Uh, Stevie's managing Rangers now. Um, but I think it's a fantastic move. I mean, you look at the, the kind of strikers who've gone up there and succeeded. Giorgio Samaras, Scott Sinclair, yeah, like just two average Premier League strikers. I mean, I wouldn't even say average. Scott Sinclair failed at City, couldn't make it at City. True. Uh, was okay at Swansea, didn't really do it at Villa. I mean, he's an okay footballer, but he went up there and he set the SPL on light. Giorgio Samaras as well, was well, a City reject and absolutely yeah. loved up there. Um, Jermaine Defoe has all the tools to bring the titles to Rangers and I think it is a shrewd move by Stevie at this time of the season I know uh, Celtic have a game in hand on Rangers and obviously it's still in Celtic's hands and they've got a bigger squad because they've got more money but what I think that uh, next week we could be talking next week or the week after and he's played a couple of games and he couldn't hit a, a barn door for some reason it, or another it happens, it happens. doesn't it uh, but on the face of it I think Rangers fans should be and I know he's, he's 36 isn't he the yeah. but He's never. It's it's his pace. It's his quickness of feet. He's never going to win a race over hundred meters, but give him five or ten, yeah. he's going to be away from exactly. someone and put the it's ball in the corner. Gravity, isn't he? exactly. It's such a, a small player, but, exactly. he's, he's but I think we'll we'll move on because we're starting to uh, come to the end now. Just yeah. just looking ahead to the next fixture in the Premier League. I think uh, we've just wrote, written a few down here yeah. in terms of. of Sort of the tops and the notable bottoms. ones, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. your your lot are off to Brighton. Yeah, um, yeah. I think which, that's I think that's a tough game. Um, 
we may lose against Wolves on Monday in the Cup, uh, even playing an unrestricted side, and then that'll get the media talking while they've lost two on the bounce. Do you want a cup run this year? I'm not bothered. I'm yeah. really not. I mean, I, a couple of weeks ago, I'd have said, yeah, because we need a trophy. But I think we have to put our eggs, while the Champions League's away until yeah. February, I think we've got to put our eggs in the league I basket. Agree. I think I'd play the... This might be um, unpopular, but I'd play the kids against yeah. Wolves. I'd play the Let's other three threes, yeah. So Spurs versus United, that's oh, a that's huge a game. game. I think... A lot they're of, back. They are, well, they're back. A lot of United, United fans back. have said that um, that no wonder Oli they play they played some decent football. You they can't. Are, deny. Yeah, I, I think no wonder Oli they've got that 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 spark back. I think if they really are serious about not finishing sixth again this season, <laughs> they need to be winning that. But on the flip side, I think Spurs being ex- where they are and this whole bottle culture and things. And for for me, I think I think I heard I think we were talking weren't you saying Spurs should play the long game. Um, in terms of Poch, but we'll, we'll get, tanked, that is, get yeah. tanked so Poch doesn't go to United. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think Spurs have to win that. I think if they want to be seen as genuine title contenders, mm-hmm. and that's that's something we'll talk about the title race is a, is a bigger picture next time. Um, but if they want to be considered title contenders, they have to win that game. Absolutely, have to win that game. Uh, in terms of, I mean, you've got Brighton, City, yeah. you've got Wolves. I think I mean, two teams you should be beating both of you. I think I, I can't see City losing to Wolves. I mean, they're they're a good side. Uh, but it's at the Etihad. Points um, proof as well. After, after proof. winning against Liverpool. Exactly. Uh, but Wolves do seem to do it against the big sides, apart yeah. from us, obviously, because well, we beat them at Molyneux. Uh, the next fixture, I'm just going to quickly go over <laughs> It's in terms of the top, you know, a top, top four battle. And bottom six, you'd say. Yeah, uh, it's Chelsea versus Newcastle. I mean, the, the, I'll just quickly go over, I'll just skip one team. Cardiff are playing Huddersfield this season, mm. the, this this next week. For us, a draw though would probably be better. That's a six points, that isn't that it? That's really a relegation is. six points. Um, in terms of the, the Chelsea Newcastle game, I mean, we have played defensively, and, and there's some fans talking, you know, they're not happy with the way that Rafa's playing things. But for me, how could Rafa do it any, any exactly, differently? Yeah. You look at the players we've got, you look at the, the, the strength in the squad, it's not there. He's not going to play know, a pressing game, he's, he's press, not going to play. He's playing Richie at left back, mm. with Dumb on the other side of him. So then he's got five in the back, but then Richie's doing all the work. I mean, last night I saw Richie. He wasn't happy with that one-one draw against Blackburn in the cup. Oh, yeah. I think it was one of those that we either win or we lose. And it doesn't, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it's it an extra game, us. isn't it? And, and the replay is days before Cardiff, which yeah. you know for us is that six-point. I mean, that's that for me. Again, like I said, play the kids for Liverpool against Wolves. I'd do the same for Newcastle. I, I said before Cardiff game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. That's one of those games, you versus Chelsea at the bridge, where you expect nothing. You go and try and keep it tight. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, I would love. I'd love uh, a Papi Cisse style goal. Oh, can you imagine that? Those two goals, he scored two yeah. incredible goals in one game. Um, but I think, I mean, we've written West Ham Arsenal down. That's for the only the reason, side, isn't it? It's more, it's more for Arsenal trying to um, keep ahead of United. They, they'll probably want Spurs to do them a favour, maybe, because it's more likely that United are going to catch them than anyone to kick them out of the top four. It's so true. It'll be interesting to talk to an Arsenal fan what they'd rather there. Would they Would they be? Would they want Spurs to beat United to keep United at bay or will, do they expect to beat West Ham so it doesn't matter what happens in the other game? I mean, West Ham um, have got things to prove. You look at the squad there, you know, you... Nasri coming back as well. Exactly, Nasri coming back. You know, you've sure got Felipe Anderson who's, you know, his stats and I'm sure he's settling in. Yeah. Settling in. So, you know, if they could beat Arsenal, you know, London rival, it's it's a it's a big it's message. A massive one. Uh, and last, I will just finish on Cardiff and Huddersfield, but we said it was a six-pointer. But I'd like to finish this point on saying that I'd love Huddersfield to absolutely spank Cardiff and send Neil Warnock down to where he belongs. 
you know, I could have been happy with um, Mr. Warnock's comments on Liverpool and whinging about right. Daniel Klein and us being a disgrace. Is he ever happy? But that's not for me. But I think Huddersfield eight points adrift. They are. They so a win, a win actually would probably be better for us. But mm. we're not biased on this podcast. We're not biased. No, no. And no, with that final not, note, not. Um, I think we've come to the end. We've come to the end. Uh, look forward to uh, chatting. Sitting down again. Sitting down and chatting again next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in and. We hope um, to 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 have you with us next time and not bore you too much with our incessant drivel, which can go on quite a bit. We do like this ending else. is going on a little yes. bit now. Yeah, <laughs> we aren't biased. No, not at all. Thanks. <laughs>